Legends of the Saints, The Lady Vanishes, by Gretel and Darkey, read by Paul Fox. Venice, November 1981. All right, Father, Officer Testardo flipped open his notebook. Tell me about the men who stole the body. There were two of them. Father Mansara waved his arms. One tall, the other short and stocky. Testardo scratched in his notebook. All right. Were they light, dark, old, young, what? I don't know. Middle-aged, I suppose. It was hard to see with my face pressed to the marble floor. Of course, of course. They made you lie flat, correct? They did? And it is well for me that Marta cleans the floor so well. I'm sure. And Marta was here with you. See, si, see, si, she is crying to one of your associates over there. The priest waved his hand toward a round little woman who was weeping against her husband's shoulder as she nodded or shook her head in response to the policeman's questions. And they are? Testardo trailed off. She and her husband, Luigi Balata, are the chief custodians here at San Jeremia. I see. Testardo wrote their names down carefully. Can you tell me what happened in order, start to finish? Yes, yes, Father Mansaro took a deep breath. We were talking over there by the main altar, something about the flowers, I think. Then two men came in. They had those sweatshirts with the hoods up. It was hard to see their faces. But you noticed that one was tall and the other short. Yes, that was easy to see. Of course. Go on. They came straight up the central aisle, and when they saw that no one else was around, they pulled out their knives and started shouting. Father Mansato shivered and ran a hand through his thin gray hair. That must have been very distressing, Testardo said. Yes. At first we did not understand, uh, but then I realized that they were telling us to get down, get down. We did as we were told, of course. Of course. And then? And then I got down on the floor. I heard them rustling around the side altar. I heard the breaking of glass. I thought they must be stealing the silver mask from the face of Santa Lucia. But you didn't see anything. Yes, I did. I lifted my head as much as I dared, and I saw them shoving her body into a sack. Oh, but it made me ill to see it. And that's when the head fell off. Yes, it was horrible. And then? And then they rushed off with the body. Testardo looked up. But they did not take the silver. Or the head. Curious. It is indeed. Testardo scratched his head with his pencil. They are religious fanatics, perhaps? The ones from Syracuse? I have heard that there has been some agitation from the Syracusans lately because they want their saint back. I... Father Manzaro hesitated. I do not think so. Why not? They were so rough with her body... Sacrilegious, if anything. I am sure they did not want to venerate her. Testardo wrote a note, then shoved his pencil behind his ear.
All right, father. Do you have anything else to add? I don't think so, but perhaps... Yes. Perhaps they have taken her for ransom. It seems the only explanation. Perhaps. We will look into it, never fear. Thank you, father. I suggest you go home and have some strong coffee. My colleagues and I will contact you if we hear anything further. Grazie tante, signore. The little priest bowed slightly and turned to go. Sighing heavily, Testardo went to look at the altar where the remains of Santa Lucia, one of the most famous saints in Christianity, had lain peacefully for almost five hundred years. As he approached, the policeman's shoes crunched on broken glass. The altar, under the glass-fronted coffin, had been hastily cleared of linen and flowers which now lay scattered on the marble floor. The coffin was empty, and the silver mask that had shielded the saint's face from dust for so many years lay on its nose on the floor, like the discarded paper masks left over after carnival. Testardo stepped closer and shook his head. Someone, Marta perhaps, had picked up the head and placed it on the altar. From what the little priest had said, Testardo doubted that the thieves had moved it. But this was the twentieth century. Didn't even these simpletons know that they must not touch anything at a crime scene? He clicked his tongue and turned to go. Marco. Testardo called to his fellow officer. Are you finished? In a minute, sir, the sergeant called back. I'll be in the cafe around the corner. Very good, sir. With a shrug of his broad shoulders, Testardo turned his back on the head on the altar and slouched out of the church into the chilly Venetian November day. Hours later, Testardo pushed open the door of his small house in the Castello district. Water lapped the canal below, and gulls cried above, but over it all he could hear his mother's television show playing much too loud. Mamma, I'm home, Testardo called. His mother had lived with him ever since his father died twelve years ago. Testardo would have preferred to live alone, but since he was an only child, no one else could take care of her. So here she was, lighting candles to her favorite saints all over the house, badgering him to go to church with her, and becoming deafer and deafer with each passing day. Come in, Augustino, she called, as though the house was hers. There is pasta aglio e olio on the stove for you. Grazie, mamma. Testardo shrugged off his coat and scraped some of the oily pasta into a bowl. He ate as he walked toward the living room and sat in the chair to his mother's right, facing the television. What did you do today, Agostino? his mamma asked. A strange case, mamma, he answered, threw the food in his mouth. That saint you like so much, Lucia, her body has been stolen. Monica Testardo turned off the television. What do you say? You heard me right, Mamma, Testardo continued. 
Some crazy men burst into San Jeremia and stole the body. Left the head and the silver mask, but took the body away in a sack. Che il cielo ci aiuti! Monica crossed herself. Why ever did they do that? Testardo shrugged. Who knows? People are crazy these days. Perhaps they were on drugs. Perhaps. She stared into space for a moment, then turned abruptly to her son. But you must get it back. We will do our best, Mamma. Testardo finished his pasta and put the bowl down on the small table beside him. I'm sure the mayor will want it back. But these men are a mystery. They steal a body, but not the treasure that comes with it. They mentioned none of their intentions to the priest who was there at the time. The only thing we can do is check the usual mob activity and wait for a ransom demand. Ransom? You think they will ransom her? It is the only thing that makes sense to me. Monica sat back in her chair, sighing and shaking her head. This is because of people like you, Agostino. What? You stay away from church. You waste away the Lord's day. You ignore the faith of your family for generations. It is this attitude that has brought this tragedy to Venezia. Come now, Mama. I am right, though, my son. You may not admit it, but I am... You may not be so far gone as to steal the body of a saint, but this is how it starts. And now I must pray for this relic to be restored, in addition to all the rosaries I say for your soul. Mamma, Mamma, it's just a dead body. A dead body that has been miraculously preserved for 1,800 years. Explain that if you can. Testardo sighed. Here, Mamma. I will make you a wager. Oh, yes. What is it? You pray for the restoration of this relic. If it is found by her feast day, when is that? In a month? A month and one week, December 13th. A month and one week. If we find the body by then, I will come to Christmas Mass with you. Fair? Monica stared at him over her dirty spectacles for a long time her mouth pressed into a tight line. You swear? she said at last. I swear. All right. But if it is not found, you must stop pestering me about mass for the rest of the year. Agreed? Agreed. Testardo blinked. Really? Are you sure? Monica shrugged. It is a safe wager. God will not let me stop pestering you about coming back to him, so he will find this body for you. Huh. Whatever you say, Mom. Testardo stood and took the two empty bowls to the kitchen sink. As the weeks passed, interest in recovering the saint's body waned. At first, the mayor had issued an official statement, making it clear that the local constabulary would stop at nothing to find the city's sacred treasure. But it was a slow case. Eventually, Testardo and Marco arrested a local man in his late twenties for petty theft. 
As they had been doing for criminals in that age group, the policemen brought in Father Mansato. This time, the little old priest identified the man as the tall thief. They had been keeping an eye on him for a week now, but so far he wouldn't talk. Testardo wasn't optimistic. Hey, boss! Marco hurried toward Testardo's desk, waving a piece of paper. Boss! What is it, Marco? Testardo looked up. Marco leaned against Testardo's desk, holding up his hand, panting. His round belly heaved as he caught his breath. Testardo stared at him, waiting. Finally, Marco spoke. Remember that fellow we picked up? Marco gasped at last. Which fellow? The one we picked up in connection with the missing body of Santa Lucia. Yes, of course. What about him? He just told us where to find it. What? The body? Si. Que diavolo! I don't believe it. Where did he say to look? Here's the address. Marco handed Testardo the paper. Huh. Testardo picked up the paper and read it. That's just north of the city, isn't it? See, si. Testardo stood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go. The two policemen stepped out of Testardo's fiat and trudged up the gravel track to the dark little hunting lodge. Overhead, the trees' bare branches rattled in the December wind. Marco looked at the moldy lodge skeptically. Is this it? Testardo checked the paper. That's the address, unless you wrote it down wrong. I didn't. All right, let's go then. They walked up the path and stepped onto the porch, the damp boards sinking under their weight. Testardo looked at the wooden door. All right. He raised his hand and knocked twice. There was no answer. He knocked again. Nothing. All right, then. Testardo took hold of the handle. Let's go in. But as he touched the handle, the door creaked open. After you, sir, Marco said. Right. Testardo stepped inside. The lodge was cold and smelled like a damp canal basement. Polizia! Marco called, but Testardo continued to walk into the house. No one was there. He could feel the weight of the empty house pressing in on him, and somewhere an open window blew chilly air through the house. Careful, sir, Marco called. What's that? What? Testardo looked around. In one corner... A dark shape huddled on the floor of the main room. Testardo approached the shape, pulling on latex gloves as he went. As he came closer, he could see black nylon crumpled in a heap. He reached out slowly and touched the nylon. When it didn't move, he gently inspected the fabric until he found an opening. What is it, sir? Marco asked. It's a sack of some sort. Gently, 
Testardo teased the fabric open. A strange smell emerged. Not the rotten smell the policeman was expecting, but uh, a sweet scent, almost like spring roses. Marco crossed himself. Is it? He cut off short. I think so, Testardo said. The authorities will have to check, but it matches the description well enough. Grazie, signore. Marco crossed himself again and cast his eyes heavenward. Marco, Testardo turned to his colleague, suddenly thinking of something. Sir, what day is it? December 13th, sir. Of course it is. Testardo shook his head, but a little smile tugged at his lips all the same. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theatre.